0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. You know, Nick Saban's no longer the coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide anymore, but there was a phrase that he made famous that I would say is probably pretty good life advice no matter what you're kind of into Sabin's thing and you know this was trust the process now what is the opposite of trust the process the opposite of trust the process is sort of fixate on results and in most cases in life it's sort of better to trust the process than to fixate on results I'll take a personal example here Uh, i'm not a very good golfer i wish that i was better i like golf Uh, golf does not always like me and what i will tell you is is that sometimes you can take a very bad swing and get a good result it's just sort of random chance that you may not have any control where the club face is going but every now and then you may just drop it right in the right spot boom you get a nice shot and you're led to believe hey i must be pretty good golfer because that shot was pretty but ultimately you can't repeat that so therefore the result was good but the process was wrong and ultimately a bad process is going to be more meaningful over the course of the long haul than any kind of you know successful result in the moment because that can be random chance so broadly speaking it is better to be more interested in the process than it is the actual results because results can be misleading but today I'm going to give you an example of a situation where Georgia fans, some of them anyway, not all, some Georgia fans are sort of fixated on the process, and they're ignoring the fact that on a fairly consistent basis, Georgia has been getting pretty good results. So a rare example may be where results matter more than process. Now, what am I talking about? It's simply this. If I were to ask most Georgia fans who are fairly kind of plugged into the day-to-day news around this program, what is the one area and by program i mean the georgia football program not the uh, program known as dog nation daily but nonetheless what is the one area in which georgia kind of maybe lags just a little bit when it comes to a recruiting standpoint almost everybody would say it's the wide receiver position we're not really seeing georgia in the mix right now for the very best wide receivers from like the high school ranks the jeremiah smiths or the ryan wingos or the mike matthews perhaps maybe most prominently someone like matthews because he is from the state of georgia We have a little bit of a, you know, kind of a multi-year history now of players like that not coming to George. Now, the truth is, almost no program is having great success recruiting five-star wide receivers because, you know, that's just a very hard thing to do overall so Georgia's not necessarily unique when it comes to that category but what makes the Georgia situation more interesting is the fact that Georgia dominates with like five-star type players at almost every other position group so Georgia's constantly hoarding talent left and right the wide receiver spot is sort of the one place where that kind of doesn't happen on a regular basis and people just sort of notice especially when Georgia has a game like it did to conclude the 2023 season against Alabama in the SEC Championship, where admittedly it just sort of didn't really score enough points. And so, therefore, what you didn't have at wide receiver seems to kind of be more in the spotlight. And it kind of connects to future or previous years where you sort of also had some of those same types of things going on. The process for Georgia of cultivating elite talent at the receiver position would seem to be just not quite as successful as the process they've put in place, you know, for bringing in those kinds of talented players at other positions. But this is where I'm sort of here to remind you, and not to make light of the situation, I mean, I think it is, I mean, wide receiver has proven to be one of the most important positions in all of football, especially the college football ranks. It's obviously important to have as many good and successful receivers as you can possibly get. So I'm not like sort of diminishing it as a topic. I'm here to say that while the process of bringing in talent from the high school ranks isn't always as successful, as lucrative as perhaps Georgia might like for it to be, this is one of those situations where I think you've got to look at the results and say no matter who it is that Georgia's bringing in, the actual overall picture here is probably pretty good. Like, Did you know, I'm looking here at CFBstats.com, chronicling stats from the previous year, did you know that Georgia was second in the SEC in scoring this past year? Uh, LSU with Jaden Daniels who won the Heisman Trophy was first in points per game at 45 and a half but Georgia was the only other team in the SEC this season to average more than 40 points per game they averaged 40.1 points per game on the year that puts Georgia well ahead of a coach like Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss Ole Miss only averaged 35 points per game this year you think of Lane Kiffin as being this innovative offensive mind receivers want to play for a guy like that but on a per game basis. And Ole Miss was pretty good this year, but on a per-game basis, Georgia was scoring a lot more than Ole Miss did. That's also true for a team like Tennessee, just seventh in the SEC in scoring this year at just 31.8 points per game. Barely above 30 points per game was Tennessee, even though this is Josh Heupel. Nobody plays faster. Nobody you know kind of does more to kind of get the up-tempo stuff going offensively. They try to be as explosive as they possibly can. But as you know, this particular year – uh tennessee just had sort of a hard time getting that going that georgia was just a much better offensive team overall so in other words while the georgia process of bringing in the kinds of receivers that can create a 40 point per game offense doesn't seem like it should work georgia's not always signing a lot of receivers in general in a lot of these classes and some of the ones they're bringing in are not always of what you might think of as sort of the elite recruit level but once again the results here sort of speak for themselves the process not always what fans want the results obviously no one can argue with the offensive numbers that Georgia's now put up, you know, three years worth of Todd Munkin and the uh, Mike Bobo era beginning here in 2023. Once again, for the most part, stellar offensive numbers overall. Now, my reason for sort of saying all of that is this, is that when you look ahead of this upcoming season, once again, Georgia seems convinced to move forward saying our results are good. So therefore the process we're following sort of seems to work. And in some cases, cases in life that's perhaps erroneous thinking but when it comes to Georgia here in this spot I don't necessarily think that's the case it seems like Georgia's quite content to make a pretty big bet on the upcoming year and I would say that almost none of us could say they are wrong in making the bet they're going to make here is the bet that George I believe is going to make here which is Going out and getting receivers who have experience in at least one case for this year, mirroring what they did a couple of times a year ago, going out and getting experienced receivers, that experience is now more valuable than the potential that we could have from high school recruits, even if the high school wide receivers were ranked, you know, theoretically ahead of these players, you know, on some sort of recruiting ranking or something like that, that the potential that you get excited about by the high four star and the high five star if, if that's not a guy that's capable of playing for you right away, or if the NIL price you have to pay for that doesn't quite match the results you might get in year one, better off to go out and get, in some cases, less heralded guys, but guys who are more ready to compete on the field here this year. That's sort of what London Humphreys is, right? Coming out of uh, Vanderbilt, a guy that not super famous necessarily to a lot of the folks in this audience, but among the more productive freshman receivers in the SEC a year ago for Vanderbilt. Much the same way a year ago, guys like Rod Thomas and Dominic Lovett had value to Georgia because they'd already played in the SEC. That's sort of what London Humphrey sort of finds himself to be right now. Colby Young coming out of Miami kind of reminds folks of what Lawrence Cager once was for Georgia. But Cager himself wasn't all that famous when Georgia brought him in he was just a guy who played at a pretty high level here his experience proven to be valuable even though his overall potential wasn't necessarily getting that many fans excited when he was first announced Michael Jackson seems to have some pizzazz to him because he's got the same name as a former celebrity and played for a program like USC that typically produces great wide receivers but he's a relatively unproven commodity overall but once again it is a guy with some experience and Georgia sort of betting big on that experience here right now the Overall, bottom line is, is that Georgia is producing success with its receivers based on the total component pieces within the group that's perhaps more than you think that it would be. And there are obviously other programs who are sort of better at going out and getting the elite recruits, such as Ohio State, but... When Georgia played the big game against Ohio State a couple of years ago, the truth is the somewhat less heralded Georgia wide receivers ultimately held their own in a very big way that day and were a big part of the story for how it was that Georgia won that game. In fact, just to kind of bolster that point here for a moment, let's go back and hear Kirby Smart from January of 2023, right after that game. Uh, against Ohio State on what was obviously New Year's Eve night there in 2022 and for all the glory the Ohio State receivers rightly had gotten on that particular day it was Stetson Bennett throwing to the Georgia wide receivers that match the offensive output that the Buckeyes were capable of and Kirby Smart was more than happy to credit the receivers for the performance from Georgia that day this is what Kirby Smart said way back then
1: I thought BMAC did a good job selling to our team. You know, we had several coaches stand up and speak on Friday, and he talked about, you know, the the, the personal respect level that he has for all the attention their receivers are getting, and they certainly deserve that. They certainly deserve that. They're really good, really talented. But we got some good wideouts too. And they had a chip on their shoulder, and they wanted to make some plays. And they got a quarterback that can get them the ball. And uh, a lot of those guys were able to come back. And it was, it's really been by committee when you look at it. I mean, you see AD, Arian, Lad. I mean, all kinds of guys make a plays in the passing game for us. Marcus has made big plays.
0: I think receivers with chips on their shoulder are probably a pretty good thing. But I would say overall, it's not just those receivers who have that chip. I think that Mike Bobo as an offensive coordinator maybe has that, you know, perhaps producing better results than he thinks he's been given credit for. Maybe Carson Beck still got some of that left over too, although now it seems like people are fully recognizing what he's been capable of. But the overall offensive story for UGA, this is a group that year after year after year, using a couple of different coordinators and a couple of different quarterbacks, continue to produce stellar results. Is the receiver talent from a high school recruiting standpoint equal to what some of the other top programs are bringing in? It's not. Not the same level of potential on paper, but the results are inarguable. Georgia betting on the experience of going out and getting guys in the transfer portal, bringing them in saying, we think we can keep this machine humming without the five-star guy. And given how well it's worked out for UGA right now, who could argue and say that they're wrong? name is brandon adams and this is dog nation daily the daily podcast for georgia bulldogs fans presented today by meriwether and tharp we are happy to have you no matter how you get to us today uh normally it's live on video at 10 a.m we're looking forward to bringing uh the show to you live again next week brand new studio we'll kind of roll out some elements of that maybe not fully ready to go right the beginning of the week but we're on track to show you some really cool things there with that of course 9:45 for our first and 15 dog nation.com and on the Dog Nation app. Uh, radio, Athens Sports Radio 960 Ref, as a podcast, wherever you find them, including the world-famous DogNation.com. Just really happy to have you as a part of the program here today. And a huge thanks to our friends at Meriwether and Tharp, who make it all possible for you here today. Now, divorce is not fun. Divorce can be a scary and confusing topic, and I certainly understand that and have great respect for those of you who've either been through it, feel like it could be something you might have to go through, or maybe you're even in the midst of going through this here right now in an audience the size of ours, statistically speaking, a lot of you'll find yourself in those circumstances. And the thing I can do for you to perhaps provide you a little bit of comfort is to say, there is a way to do this. If you've concluded that it's an unavoidable next step for you in your life, it is a reality that must be confronted. The thing I can do for you is give you an advocate that can go through this with you and can understand from your perspective how it perhaps feels to have this weighty subject kind of on your shoulders here right now, that's what Meriwether & Tharp is all about. Their website, georgiadivorceteam.com. It's a new website recently rolled out for them because they're also expanding their services. The same great care they've given folks here in the Atlanta area for a long time. Now they want to offer that care and concern to folks all across the state of Georgia as well. So once again, it's georgiadivorceteam.com. That is the website to know. And when I talk about the, the feelings of divorce, one of the things that probably pops up there is, is the, maybe the anxiety about, well, how much is this going to cost? This process that can be, you know, sometimes a little complicated, like, what is my cost on this? And Mary Winder gets that. They want to offer you a level of cost certainty to help you get through it. So they have a range of options that are very modern and kind of designed with, with you in mind and an option that fits what makes the most sense for your life. If you feel like your situation is relatively, you know, kind of manageable and it's, fairly straightforward then there's a diy option that you can choose that would uh be very very uh, cost effective if perhaps you want something that's a little bit more hands-on one of the options they have is what they call their model m assisted which is uh i think a really interesting new level of service that says for the entirety of the time that this divorce process is ongoing they can offer you like maybe like a subscription service where you could pay for the divorce process for the amount of months that the divorce process is ongoing, or if you'd prefer like a flat fee, they can do that for you too. Now, if you want something that's more traditional, they can give you that there as well, but they're trying to be very forward-thinking and creative in terms of providing cost certainty to people who are dealing with so much uncertainty if you're going through a divorce, anything they can do to make it a little bit more certain for you, I think is a wise thing to do. So that's why you want to check out our friends at Merryweather & Tharb. Online, georgiadivorceteam.com. Merryweather and tharp is your source for georgia divorce so make sure you check them out today now we're going to check out terrence edwards here coming up in just a little bit also another version of kaylee's corner comes up today that's going to be a lot of fun but prior to that i want to go around the doghouse and one of the things we discussed on yesterday's show tough players for georgia to replace new leaders needing to step up we kind of got a little nostalgic for a moment about some of the great players that have come through georgia and played their final games for the Dogs. the 2023 season and what i said at the time was hey this may seem like well that's a lot to replace but the truth is is you can think about the program dna that was kind of helped established by guys like that and that feeling that culture does continue on with the next team and that obviously starts here in 2024 and the other thing i would add to that is this that when you look at you know what's kind of waiting the wings for george there are players who are obviously not just you know, perhaps ready to kind of take that next step forward on the field and show what they're all about. Some of these guys, I think, are also ready to kind of display the leadership credentials they bring to the table. Now, there are some guys you could talk about here. Carson Beck is a quarterback, sort of already there. Malachi Starks is the sort of key leader in the defense. He's sort of already there. But I want to circle a different name in particular here just for a moment. It's part of around the doghouse. I'm going to give this to you. I think the potential for someone like Jalen Walker right now just sort of feels very much unmatched and Connor has, Connor Riley, our colleague here at Dog Nation, has predicted on previous episodes of this show that he really believes that on the field, Walker may be ready to just really break out in a big way, and I hope that's true. But the one thing I've always recognized in Jalen, even going back to his time as a recruit, what a really strong vocal leader he has the potential to be. And more of what he's already provided in small doses, now in a larger dose I think that could be really good for georgia i want to give you an example of this going back to last summer the notion of the chance that georgia this past season could have played for history obviously came up just a little bit short of winning that third straight national title but in the midst of acknowledging yes this is true this is a real thing this is something that can happen uh, the other thing that walker discussed was and i love the way that he said this there's also a chance to make history on a daily basis In a place like Georgia, just by how you do the little things each and every day. In fact, instead of me trying to paraphrase it, let me let you hear him in his own words. When you think about new leaders needing to step up for Georgia, guys like Jalen Walker perhaps have already stepped up. This is a taste from that in the past.
1: Our goal here is to make history every day. Make history every day is what we plan on. So that history we just made at today's practice. And then tomorrow we'll do history to make it history at the next meet, history at the next team event. <clears throat> you know, overall, it's just an opportunity for us to seize.
0: You need great leaders like that, and that's clearly what Jalen Walker brings to the table. That's a strong, strong statement, the kind of which on a bigger platform, on a new team here this year, he truly might be capable of doing. So when you think about the need for more leaders to step up, uh, impressive players to emerge, a guy like Jalen Walker, I think, has a chance to do that, and that is a name... I'm guessing we're going to be talking about an awful lot here in the months to come. That's also around the doghouse here today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. Now, before we move on and bring on Terrence Edwards on today's show, let us also give you a reminder that ongoing right now at dognation.com, your chance to register for your chance to win a trip for you and a special guest on board our Dog Nation cruise coming up in April. It's a lure of the seas and what a great experience this is going to be leaving out of Port Canaveral, going to Nassau on the Bahamas. Perfect day, Coco Cay. It's a great experience, and our friends at Kroger want to give you a chance to be a winner. This is just something that Kroger's doing because they love our folks, they love the Dog Nation audience, they want to provide a great opportunity for someone. They wish they could do it for everybody, but they're going to do it as a giveaway for someone here right now. And I think that's a really fun thing. So it's between now and January 31st, so a few more days for you to kind of get in on this. Very simple. Click in at dognation.com. Give us your information, but also tell us your favorite moment from Brock Bauer's career here at UGA. And of all the submissions we get, we're going to draw one at random and that person special guest on board the Dog Nation cruise with us It's a stateroom for two. It's a hotel in Port Canaveral area the night before the game. The game. <laughs> it's going to be like a game, but it's going to be a cruise. The night before the cruise, uh, you got a gas car to kind of help you get down to Port Canaveral. You've got some onboard credit to enjoy there on Allure of the Seas. And it's all courtesy of our friends at Kroger. So make sure you check that out at dognation.com. Easy to spot right there at the top of the page. Make sure you check that out today. So before we're done, another continuation of our preview of SEC teams, sort of our way-too-early look at the rest of the SEC. Kaylee Manziel stops by for a uh Kaylee's Corner with us letting her ask me some questions for a change we're having some fun with that but for now it's a Thursday staple for us it's the former Georgia wide receiver Terrence Edwards and speaking of Brock Bowers uh that'll be a part of this conversation here coming up so enjoy it as a part of Dog Nation Daily presented by Merryweather and Thought. From Athens and across the SEC, or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. And here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Mary Weather and Tharp. Obviously, happy to have the great former Georgia wide receiver Terrence Edwards on the program. And you know, Terrence, one of the things we've talked about some this week—obviously, a pre-recorded week of shows for me is what I think is one of the big issues facing Georgia this upcoming season is, you know, no Brock Bowers. It's a lot of production. That's a guy you've got to replace. I mean, the the numeric value that he brought to the program, and you and I had talked before about guys who could step up, but if we kind of zero in on that a little bit more, I mean, I know Dylan Bell's a guy that you really like, and I think there's a lot of anticipation about what he can be for this upcoming year. You know, more of Oscar Delp, obviously the tight end position, but clearly replacing Bowers is about so much more than just tied in. Like, how do you think that is going to go about the the business of replacing all of the value that Brock Bowers brought to this program?
1: It's going to be tough, actually, to uh, replace the value of a great player. And Georgia has so many great players, and you just don't replace those type guys because they're a generational talent. But I do see with the wide receiver core that they're going to get more opportunities to – Replace that value in multiple players. Uh, one player that I really like and I really think is going to take a really big leap, uh, especially if he can stay healthy, is Ra-Ra Thomas. Mm-hmm. I think he's the guy that can really uh, bring that big playability. We saw in a limited action what he can bring. Now with the with the passing game being more focused on the receivers and not Brock Bauer, uh, we can see what this, what this crew can really do. Um, so I'm really excited about the, the top three guys going to be Rah-Rah, uh Dominique Lovett, and Dylan Bell. Um, then you bring uh, along of uh, Kobe, the receiver from Miami. Yeah. Uh, he's he he's the bigger out of the receiving core. So I, I just really think the receiving core is going to really explode this year. You can really see the passing game taking another level from the receiver aspect, not relying on Brock Bowles, which that was a great
0: weapon to rely on yeah and you know the Bowers thing was so different than anything that Georgia had had under Kirby Smart prior to that because he was the kind of individual star that sort of stood out from others in a way that a lot of you know Kirby Smart players kind of have not because as you said there are so many very good players that everything just sort of feels like kind of an ensemble cast but Bowers a little bit different than that a historic figure probably a very high draft pick coming up this April and yet for 2024 it sort of seems like Georgia's kind of likely to be back in that situation where it could be a different guy in every game and uh, everybody kind of doing a little bit more to kind of make up for what Bowers you know, brought to the table. Do you think Terrence that Georgia needs to kind of find a new superstar level player the way that Bowers was or is it okay to sort of have wide receiver, pass catcher by committee? Can that be okay or do they need to cultivate a superstar the way that Bowers kind of became that?
1: Well I think Talent is going to dictate if you're going to be a superstar now. Uh, Brock, nobody knew Brock was going to turn out to be this. Uh, We saw the work ethic coming from Naples, and I heard rumblings his freshman season about how special he could be. So it's not about trying to find one guy. It's about trying to find the right nick. Um, If you just look at the bowl game, I think we still, I mean, from a depleted Florida State team, but you just saw guys that was ready to take that next step. Uh, Dylan Bell made some great catches in that game, some contested catches. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Depp, I think, is going to be able to take that next leap. I think he's going to be in, in the Randy Michael Ben Watson mm. range where he's going to have four or 500 yards. Uh, but there's no Brock. That, that, that is a one-time-in-life generation of talent. Now you could go and see who's going to step up. If a guy steps up to be wide receiver one and he's that guy like a Marvin Harrison or... Um, Malik Nables from LSU, yeah. Yeah, of, of course you're going to ride that. But if you don't, even by committee, it has definitely won us national championship.
0: I love Randy McMichael getting a shout-out on the show today, Terrence. You're taking care of your middle Georgia guys with that, right?
1: And, and, and my room dog. That was That's my room right. dog for three years. So so that is my guy. So Randy, to me, I'm just pulling out. It's Randy, to me, I love Ben. Ben was a, a specimen of an athlete. But I think Randy is probably uh, – second or third best tight end in Georgia history
0: and I'll say this when you think about one of the great moments in program history the hobnail boot I know this has been well chronicled uh but you know Randy makes two big catches on that drive in the Tennessee game in 2001 thousand one. I'm on that on the final drive where Veron Haynes makes the touchdown catch that lives on in UG history that doesn't happen without a couple of big catches from Randy on that drive
1: uh, you, you're absolutely correct. Um, Randy actually made two big, one contested catch. I don't know how he made over the middle. Uh, but so without Randy, two big catches, there are no hobnail boots.
0: Yeah, and so that's awesome stuff. I'm glad that you uh, brought that up. Turning our attention back to this upcoming year's team here for a moment. So my reason for asking about the Brock Bowers thing is because that's one of the things I've been sort of speaking about as an issue that Georgia's got to figure out. How about for you? I know we're still very early days here. I, I totally get that. But. That's kind of the point, you know, sort of off the cuff, off the top of your head. Do you see a big issue standing in Georgia's way right now? They're obviously thought to be the kind of way-too-early consensus number one for the upcoming year here right now. But if somehow that doesn't happen, if somehow Georgia falls short of that, what do you think the most likely reason might be that that could occur?
1: I'm just put it out, uh, injuries. I think okay. if you go and have a slew of injuries and uh, Carson somehow – it's injured for a majority of the season, you have to really go with a, a Gunnar Stockton or or Ryan Pluska or if we bring in another quarterback in the transport portal, I think it's it's injurious because I think the talent is there. Um, you know we I've spoken about the transport portal and how you know I like some some things about it, some things I don't. But I think a, a big piece of this transport portal that we haven't spoken about yet. I don't know if you spoke about it, B.A., but now we have a running back in Travis Etienne that can do mm-hmm. all the things that we didn't have out the running back this year. And I love Dajon was and Kendall Milton came on, but we didn't have a Kenan McIntyre, James Cook type back that could catch the ball out the backfield and put linebackers in and difficult situations covering out the backfield. I think Travis Etienne brings that to uh, the fold this year. And I don't know if people are talking about that aspect of the game, but – He brings that versatility to the running back group that we didn't have this year.
0: I think you could be right about that. The other thing you mentioned when it comes to injuries, you know, we talk about, okay, well, uh, Jay Mayavia, the quarterback from, you you know, V, now he's not coming to Georgia, so therefore that puts a bigger spotlight back on Gunnar Stockton. But that's not just about the 2025 quarterback race. That's also about the fact that, and I hate to put this out in the universe because it seems like you're kind of bringing – you know, a bad vibe into the discussion. But my gosh, you know, we've seen star quarterbacks in the SEC get injured. I hope to goodness that doesn't happen to Carson Beck. But I mean, uh, Bryce Young has dealt with that. Uh, Other quarterbacks have, you know, kind of dealt with that. Uh, I mean, we found out about Stetson Bennett because JT Daniels uh, got hurt. You know, the idea exists that it could be that a guy like Gunner Stockton is called upon in this 2024 season, and if he gets called upon, you know you got to be ready because injuries, including to quarterback in the SEC, that has been a part of the discussion in recent years.
1: Oh, most definitely, injuries is a part of the game. Uh, I mean, just look at Florida State with Travis Jordan um, getting injured and how that kind of changed the landscape of their season. Um, so it happens, but I think that is the thing that I think can hold Georgia back is, is injuries. I don't think talent-wise, I don't think coaching-wise is going to be able to hold them back. Um, is going to be able to, can we uh, sustain any kind of uh, level of talent if some of the most important guys get hurt? And that's Carson Beck, knock on wood, that, that doesn't happen, but that's just that's just how football
0: goes. Final thing for you, Georgia completes a 29-game winning streak this year. It's the longest streak in SEC history. A lot of special moments from that. You and I have celebrated a lot of those here together here on this show. Is there one individual moment from all that that you'll remember more than anything else? What stands out the most to you from this special streak, this special run that we have seen Georgia go through over the course of the last couple of years?
1: It's one that sticks out. How uh, in the world did we beat uh, Ohio State and their quarterback if you see the way he's yeah. playing in the nfl right now um man he is playing lights out and and georgia beat um him in a shootout um uh, that that just goes to tell you what type of program that we have right now what type of talent we have because he is lighting it up in the nfl right now
0: yeah it's a great point cj stroud what an amazing player stroud, right. and, and you can make a case, Terrence. That the best two national semifinal games in the in the CFP history both involved Georgia. Now you got to go back to 2017 for the one, the shootout win against Oklahoma. Baker, that's one of Baker the Mayfield, yeah Baker right. Mayfield. That's one of the best semifinal games ever. And the other like all time great semifinal game may have been Georgia and Ohio State. This year was an example of probably the best pair of games that we've seen on the same day before. But I don't know that Texas Washington. Or Alabama, Michigan. I don't. I don't think those surpass the thrill of the Georgia Ohio State game or the Georgia Oklahoma game. You can make a case that Georgia played in both of the best national semifinal games in the ten-year history of the four-team college football playoff.
1: Oh, I agree. I definitely agree. It, was a, it had every element of college football that you want. It was suspense. Uh, it was. It was talent. It was Baker Mayfield. It had every storyline that you would like love. CJ Stroud, Marvin Harrison, like it was it was playmakers all around that film, man. Look at Roquan Smith right now. Mm-hmm. Um man, when when we signed him in whatever class he came in, who thought he would be all yeah. pro linebacker? Uh I, if, if someone did, I would love to shake their hand. He almost not went to Georgia. Right. If it wasn't for the UCLA coach going to the Falcons, I think it was, think Roquan yeah, Smith yeah, might yep. have been the U C L A Trojans. I mean UCLA Bruins. So it's just a lot of storylines in in these last ten years and, and Roquan is definitely a storyline with Baker Mayfield, CJ Stroud.
0: Terrence I love the conversation I appreciate that you're always so much fun to have on the program here right now now we're almost to that time of year where the bubble work is really set to begin and set to get going it's cold but football's played in the cold as we're seeing during these NFL playoffs here right now now the bubble also I guess keeps you warm too so I guess that works to the advantage here the point is if people want to find you online how can they reach out to the Terrence Edwards wide receiver academy
1: you can find me on all social media platforms at Terrence Up's Wide Receiver Academy. Yes, we're inside because this weather is about to be brutal, but work don't stop.
0: Terrence, I appreciate that, and I will look forward to talking to you soon here on uh, Dog Nation Daily presented by Meriwether and Thar.
1: Thank you.
0: Take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC through. Great to have Terrence Edwards here today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. And I, I'm always so grateful for the people who come together, whether it be the guests you hear on air, the folks who work behind the scenes, to allow us to do a show like this, a little bit different than normal. Also, of course, hopefully, I've conveyed this how thankful I am that all of you continue to watch and listen. We're not live, but we're still having a really good time. And many of you know the reason we're not live. That's because I'm on board Icon of the Seas right now and i'll remind you of that as we're going cruising around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean you know listen one of the things i've been doing and a lot of y'all know i'm sort of a kid at heart leading up to you know my departure to be among the very first on board icon of the seas as a special guest by royal caribbean i guess i should should point out but um you know i love like looking at all the video that royal caribbean shares you've been we've been showing you this icon of the seas video here for a little while on the show and when you see the water park the largest water park at sea and when you you see the aquadome kind of in the center of the ship a little bit of a new concept in the way in which the royal promenade something that you know the the royal caribbean ships have had for a long time but now kind of the large windows and you're seeing more of the ocean while you're inside the the main part of the ship. It's just a really fun experience. And I can't wait after experiencing here this week to come back and tell all of you about it. And really, I'm hopeful that all of this gets you excited about taking your Royal Caribbean cruise vacation in 2024. And I, you know, enthusiastically discuss this because I do think that a fun travel experience just makes the year better, gives you something to look forward to. It's a great way to grow closer with your family and friends. And I think you ought to do that. And I think you ought to trust a great travel agent to make your Royal Caribbean cruise vacation experience even better. Jessica Slater is the one specially selected for us by Royal Crib. And you can give her a call, 770 718 9147. That's 770 718 9147. You can also email her, Jay Slater at dreamvacations.com, whether it be Icon of the Seas debuting in January this month, whether it be Utopia of the Seas debuting in July, or the very special Dog Nation cruise coming up uh in april jessica's got you covered on all that and by the way speaking of the dog nation cruise check out royaldogs.com for more on that now coming up in a moment it's the next iteration of kaylee's corner a brand new segment we're sort of debuting here for some of our shows here this week just trying to have some fun do things a little different in honor of uh me not being here and doing the show live kaylee's been great we'll do more of that here in a moment prior to that as we're cruising around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean what we have been doing Is giving you sort of one thought, uh, kind of a way too early preview of sorts on all of the teams in the SEC. It is now 15 teams in addition to Georgia in this league. Let's talk about Missouri here for a moment. And boy, doesn't it seem like a conversation about Missouri now so much more of a relevant topic than it would have been in previous years. Now, Missouri, to its credit, played Georgia close in 2022. But Missouri not only played georgia relatively close this past season missouri went on quite a run and really kind of put itself as one of the better teams in the scc this past year and the league is deeper the league is better for 2024 but we don't necessarily think that missouri is due to take a huge step back here and we think that eli drinkwitz a little bit like lane kiffin season opening because you know old miss has been playing alabama year after year this year they're not so therefore old miss is going to try to strike Uh, given the uh, break in the schedule they get from not playing the Crimson Tide. There is some of that coming from Missouri because they're not playing Georgia. And it's a little bit of a different horizon. And I think Missouri sees a little bit of a new energy. They're bringing in Oklahoma to the league that's a traditional rival for uh, Missouri, at least in some form going back years ago when they were both in the old Big Eight. Uh, I think Missouri sees a new expanded SEC as an opportunity. I think that Eli Drinkwit's looking to take advantage of that. And I've sort of jokingly said that, you know, the sort of baby face, sort of nerdy look that Drinkwitz has, as he gets older, some of that's going to go away. And in future years, he's just going to look a little bit more like any other football coach. I've sort of jokingly said when you're older, everybody sort of looks the same. You can't really tell who was a great athlete and who was sort of a nerd. Uh, Eventually, Drinkwitz is just going to look like any other older football coach. And as he does, I think his stature as a coach is likely due to grow as well. Now, a little bit of a blunder on yesterday's show. I uh, kind of mentioned South Carolina when I wasn't supposed to and kind of omitted Mississippi State frankly a pretty easy thing to do so let's talk about the Bulldogs here in the Jeff Lebby era that's beginning there right now and this is true for a lot of teams in the sort of expanded conference era but specifically here for Mississippi State I think the number one goal for Lebby, obviously taking over for Zach Arnett, who was put in almost an impossible situation to succeed. And boy, did he not succeed, but he was put in an almost impossible situation. I think the real job here now is you got to try to figure out a way to keep from falling completely off the radar completely uh, off the radar that's what you got to be careful not to do here because it's a tougher league and there are a lot of teams in this league now that have far more in the way of resources than you do and so I think the job for Mississippi State is to not become and I don't say this lightly not become what Vanderbilt has been which is the absolute doormat and the easy win for everyone in the league that is the challenge awaiting Jeff Levy. here is can you stay somewhat a step or two ahead of the very bottom of this league which will not be an easy feat given how challenging the sec is about to be and then one final team to look at here for a moment that's the tennessee vols now here is what i think the tennessee has going forward this offseason there are a lot of teams moving forward who you're not really quite so sure what their identity is you know what is the south carolina identity post spencer rattler what is the florida identity given the fact that billy napier sort of feels like a dead man walking at coach I don't know how bright the future is for Tennessee right now. The notion of them as the number one team in the country from back in November of 2022. That seems like an awful long time ago here right now. But the one thing that Tennessee does have going for it this offseason that a lot of its league brethren do not is the Vols do have a clear, unmistakable identity. We saw Nico Iamaleva play a very impressive bowl game for Tennessee. And Nico, I think, gives Tennessee a real identity moving into the 2024 season now how good is he how good is Tennessee around him we don't quite know that but if you're a Vol fan and you're on a message board talking about Tennessee football the thing you're talking about right now is what you think that Nico can be for this upcoming year that idea of a simple point to sort of build around a simple point to sell to the larger fan base at least Tennessee's got that so when you converse with your Vol fan friends, that's the name that's going to keep coming up. What can Nico be? What can Nico do? Can Josh Heupel get that offense rolling again with Nico there at quarterback? That is the offseason story and one, of course, that we will uh, be watching closely. We'll make that as well. Cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Now, in honor of not being live and in uh further uh attempts to try to make the show as fun as we possibly can nobody i love having fun with more than our next guest a good friend of mine and a great part of the dog nation team here it is kaylee manzel behind the scenes on our show a lot doing our own shows there as well and now presenting kaylee's corner where she gets a chance to turn the tables on me and actually be the one to ask me the questions normally it's different around here but we'll let kaylee ask me a couple of questions for kaylee's corner so kaylee welcome back to the program and we're recording this now on a different day so you've gotten the chance to do a wardrobe change which i know you're very happy about
1: at uh, refreshed ready to go got my sparkly black shirt on and there i have never felt better We spent a lot of time talking about the early enrollees, the kids coming in in 2024, but I want to talk transfer portal for a second. Please, please. What transfer portal pickup do you think is going to make the most immediate impact?
0: Yeah, for me, it's the wide receivers. I'd probably go London Humphreys just simply because Humphreys has had success in the SEC. I do think that George, we've talked about that some this week, that George's bet on experience at the receiver position as opposed to like the potential of guys coming out of high school that seems to be working okay for them and that seems to be you know kind of closely aligned with what a team like say uh texas is also doing there as well so i like bringing in experienced receivers and i I do like the idea of in the case of humphrey you know doing it in the sec as a freshman last year at vanderbilt and really among the couple of most successful freshman receivers in the entire league so to me of the of the players that George is bringing in you could say Trevor Etienne as well on this but I'm just going to say London Humphreys that's a guy who I think has a chance to make a pretty big immediate impact at the wide receiver position
1: so you showed me a lot of love this week and with that I have to ask other than myself of course I don't count who would be your dream dog nation daily guest
0: my dream dog nation daily guest so here's a guy i'd like to have on maybe someday we will and i'm not even sure you know who this is although he is from your same uh town uh, are you gonna f- show
1: your age here? Yeah, is yeah. that what this is yeah
0: i'm about to unfortunately kaylee i'm about to make myself seem less cool in your eyes unfortunately but uh uh fellow rome georgia resident arn anderson the the four horsemen uh mm-hmm. big georgia fan of course i'm a big pro wrestling fan maybe one of these days we'll have arn on the show but um it's the guy that what was it one of these georgia things last year or so he kind of spoke out on you know kind of showed his georgia fandom of course i grew up a huge fan of arn anderson he's from your hometown there in rome so if i could have a guy on the show that we haven't had before there's certainly a long list of names i'd love to have but one of those guys for me would probably be the enforcer uh double a arn anderson big georgia fan big part of my childhood there as well
1: This is one of those moments I can hear Rusty in my head going, yeah, I raised you, right? Because I actually do know who that is. Oh, you do? The the coolness did not go down in my head just yet, but there's still time. Oh,
0: listen, no, you give me a long enough time, I promise you, I'll come across as very uncool because very uncool is unfortunately what I am. But that's not what you are. Sparkly black shirt and all, you're very cool. So we appreciate you being here for our uh, Kaylee's Corner here today. We'll also look forward to doing that with you back here again tomorrow there as well fun thing to do as a part of our vacation shows and also fun before we wrap up today to remind you about the great folks there at precision garage doors what a uh, great thing they're doing here right now taking good care of folks in our audience five-star reputation we talk about five-star recruits here all the time they offer that five-star reputation for you by providing exceptional on-time service phones are answered 24 7 all the time so you can get in touch with one of those garage door replacement or repair specialists whenever that need arises so whether you're talking about a repair for the garage door you have or it's time to replace your garage door precision garage door is dog nation's choice to get the job done for you same day service get the estimate uh get all that taken care of uh all of that is what precision garage door is all about and by the way that 29 dollars service fee is re- is uh completely waived anytime they do a repair for you so make sure you check them out online precisiondoorgeorgia.com that's precision door uh, let me try that one more time PrecisionDoorGeorgia.com for a lot more on that here today. In all honesty, um, so good to have Kaylee here doing that. We have a good time with her. And if you haven't checked out the stuff that she's doing, usually it's on Thursday nights, obviously part of the Dog Nation game days on Saturday. And she's got a lot of stuff planned here for the upcoming year, too. Make sure you check all of that out and it is uh, it's just a really really good thing so we love having kaylee a part of the show and we'd like to do that with her more in the future there as well here's what else we like doing we like making fun of those lousy stinking gators we like reminding you it has been a long time since florida's beaten georgia now is not on the desk here right now eddie's going to make his new debut in our new studio here very soon but he wants me to tell you it's been 1174 days since those lousy stinking gators have beaten the georgia bulldogs always a good thing to do to close out every single show gator hater updater by the way we'll also get back to our golden shoes live again next week from some new confines
1: we're looking forward to that and we'll see you back here tomorrow at dog nation daily presented by meriwether and Thar.